What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Soul Coffee Podcast. I want to jump right into things as we're ending the year. And a lot of different things I'm noticing in practice when it comes to uh, providers, the holiday times, working more than they are supposed to be physiologically, doubling down on hours, anxiety, burnout, depression, running rampant. And, you know, I think one of the most important things is being able to craft boundaries being able to create space. And today's guest uh, is a neuroscientist. He was a chiropractor, uh, coaching consultant, multi-business owner, and just outstanding human. Uh, unicorn lover as well, too. Fun fact, uh, his daughter has an accident on the, on the uh, bookcase behind him. Uh, but I think Dr. Chris Lee, he was one of the veteran OG Soul Coffee episodes as well, too. But we just want to have the conversation relevant to anyone who's a high performer who's really been going through it and really struggling to create space and really just feeling massively overwhelmed because let's be real, like right now, everybody, everybody is feeling it. Everybody is feeling it. And um, Dr. Chris does a great job of laying out potent, easy, efficient strategies to connect and to be able to shift through, especially if you're feeling overwhelmed, anxious. So without further ado, just welcome to Soul Coffee once more, y'all, Dr. Chris Lee. Thank you, my friend, my brother. Did you do you know how long we've been doing these sessions? So for anybody, just to give some context, Dr. J and I have been jamming it not every single week, but like pretty consistently. Do you know how long it's been? It's been since I moved to Tucson, so middle of 2021. So two and a half years at this point, bro. Two and a half years you and I have been doing this. Talking philosophy, talking brotherhood, talking purpose, talking business. And I mention that because sometimes I don't give enough appreciation for the influence that subtle connection can have over an extended period of time. Mm. But there was an exercise that I got invited to do, which is like go through your journals and just look for trends and patterns. And one of those trends and patterns happened to be the notes that I take during our calls. And then mm. Dr. J and I share a collective note inside of Apple Notes now. And just oh. looking at how far we've come and the conversations that we've had. And I just want to be here for a moment to express gratitude for who we've been able to be as individuals for each other instead of being for each other's without having individual purpose. Because I think one is a people-pleasing, codependent relationship, and the other one is an opportunity to have dependence and reliability without the criticism of being able to say no at the areas that other people might not have the mental-emotional fortitude to have resilience in their own integrity. It's hard to say no. Let <laughs> me wrap that up. It's hard to say no sometimes. <laughs> Well, yo, this is why he's here. As I think one of my favorite things from there is appreciation, is gratitude. And you said subtle connection as well, too. One invitation that I give my people is we got to be able to build community. That's why my workshops are our workshops at the source are potent, providing for the provider, uh, healing essentials, building a community here. As I think even I was just having a conversation last night with one of my great friends and you know, they're just, they're just really hurting at this time. They're feeling alone. They're feeling disconnected. They're frustrated. They don't want to be here in the city. And it hurts. Like it hurt because I'm like, how can I show up for 
them better and be able to provide that support. But there needs to be a mutual investment with things as I posted yesterday, just reflecting to people that may not, that may feel alone that, you know, put their needs last, et cetera. And someone said, well, when it comes to community, like there's like an obligation. And I, I sat with that and I appreciated that. Like, sure, it can be an obligation, but for me, it all goes back down to agreements. You know, what are the agreements that are put forth in your life to engage with people? As if there's no agreements, well, then for me, that's chaotic because then things can just kind of ebb and flow. And I think you, I'm quoting you saying this one time where, where it's like the unknown or when there's a lack of control and there's a lack of um, knowing of what's going to happen, that can be one of the biggest predisposers to anxiety. So agreements yeah. I find to be super important. And we've chopped that up about oh, yeah. 100 million times as well, too. Dude, it's it, because it's so important. So like the the uncertainty that not knowing how a person will participate in a relationship is wildly stressful, right? Like, and one of the examples that you and I jam on a ton is like, you're playing a game that you don't know the rules to. So you're constantly mm -hmm. guessing, you're constantly having to make split second decisions based upon those things. But you and I have like our inner circle, our circle of influence. And those people are in there because they have consistent values that they portray through behaviors and through discipline. I don't know what yours are on a piece of paper, but I know that they match mine based on the way that you treat your body, the way that you treat your mind, the way that you treat women, the way that you treat your brothers, all of these other things come together. So if my system says, oh, you are like me, I can feel safe with you because everything that you do matches who I also want to be. I don't have to be two people at one time with you. I can just be me. And those are the people that I want in my inner circle where I don't have to think about what I'm going to say next. I could just be free. I don't have to criticize. I don't have to like have this inner dialogue of like, well, I'm worried what he's going to think if I say this. I just get to be here now. And there's a massive amount of healing that happens with those people. Mm. From what you've found with working with all the clients that you have and creating what you have, the consistency is important as neuroception wise, the nervous system can't perceive, oh, this person feels safe. Like you said, consistency being another aspect of things, especially engaging in relationships. When it comes to the environment that people might be co-creating, aka job environment, what do you find or what are some of your top strategies to be able to cultivate more of that consistency as a unit, consistency in self, or just some some anchors in an environment that people may not per se have the utmost control of. Yeah, so I think one of those those biggest anchors that you can have is like the daily non-negotiables that you work through, right? So those daily non-negotiables that come through in your behavior and in your structure, like those are the things that like make up the highest potential for you to have self-love. So like the amount of self-love that you have and the discipline and structure that puts forth through that, it's doing the hard thing when the easy thing is available, right? And that is a different level of mm. support that you provide mm. to yourself and a different level of support that I look for in other people. Because for me, self-love is, is not this like etheric thing, right? It's the dedication to the highest version of yourself that gets to be manifested through the actions. It's investment in today for tomorrow, right? That's how I get to love myself now and get to love the version of myself that I know I can continue to become. 
So if we truly have this limitless potential, then I need to plant today, sow tomorrow, and then do the same thing over and over again. It's you and I talked about this. It's infinite and finite games, right? Oh. Love is an infinite game. It's on an infinite spectrum, right? So the point of an infinite game is just to play the game and to have some level of like progress, right? To have some level of benchmarks. And for one of those things that I think a lot of people, myself included, get caught up in is if I want to have that level of self-love, love in and of itself can be very etheric, right? It can be very like intangible. But if I feel a level of self-love through the discipline and structure of looking at a schedule and saying, oh, I did good work today. I can mm. use that as a benchmark to look at the potential for how I am expressing that self-love. So I use systems, structures, and schedules as a benchmark for the potential for my self-love expression. Mm. That's so good as regardless of whatever may be going out outside of you, you're still committed to you. And based upon yes. the evidence of you coming back to you time and time again, you can build trust in that because there's consistency with your word, with yourself. Yeah. And that's mm -hmm. so one of the things that a lot of parents have been like sharing recently out there, if you've got kids or you just don't have kids, but you have friends, if your kids don't listen to you, do you listen to you? If your colleagues mm -hmm. don't listen to you, do you listen to you? Right. And like, this is one of those like slap to the face quotes of like, well, you said, you said tomorrow yesterday, right? Like one of those ones, because if you say that you're going to be fit, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to meditate, you're going to journal, and then you don't do that. Well, what's that doing to your inner critic, right? Is it feeding them or is it starving them? Is it giving you the potential for a higher level of expression or are you just hindering those things in a way that might not feel as good? And the truth of what really comes up behind that is that it, it's designed to create agitation. Your nervous system doesn't hate you and it's not punishing you. It's giving you a level of embodied awareness that shows you the affinity you have for change. And if you can start to step into that space instead of, oh, my nervous system is triggered, my nervous system is overreactive, my nervous system is hypersensitive and all of those things and just say, I have a larger potential for expression that other people probably can't understand. You're in a different realm than everybody else's. So it's not a punishment. It's, it's a gift, right? Um, the Disney movie Encanto, if you've ever like seen that, like everybody's given these gifts and sometimes they feel like it's a curse. It's not. It's only a curse if the gift is using you, right? It's coming through you towards other people instead of the reverse of this is for me to give to other people. Mm. I think it takes a layer of the lesson, like life is not happening to you, it's happening for you, but then it's not happening. It's not even happening for you, it's happening because of you. It puts a very deep sense of responsibility and that's one thing that I think you just reflected that Regardless of what's happening, you still get to determine how you show up. One of the big things with chiropractic, understanding neurology is perception. The importance of impeccability with self, one of the first agreements, um, be impeccable with the word. I just think it's so important as uh, when there is a very, very high level pressure outside of us, people can fold on that. What do people do about that? I think one of the biggest disservices that social media and 
just personal development in and of itself doesn't provide us is a strategy for how to change, right? And I think so many times we try to put 50% change into our lives when all we can tolerate is five. And then we blow our threshold for change and we start to steal all of our potential for change from yesterday to meet today and then the next day to meet today. And we burn up an entire week's worth of change in one day. And then tomorrow we start to steal from next week. And then once we run out of like two weeks worth of like mental, emotional resources, now we have to start like leeching from other areas of our lives and it never works right? Because it's, it's unsustainable. So like the most sustainable changes that people can make like consistently, it's small, right? Like I just came from coffee with like a super high impact entrepreneur. And he and I were talking about this of like the healthiest change that you can make is the one that the only person that notices is you. Mm. And I was like, Ooh. And then when they ask you how you got to the top of the mountain, you can just say one step at a time. Right. But nobody notices the one step that you take every single day until it's been like a year and a half. And suddenly you went from, you know, not like, you know, unhealthy, but like now you're healthy and now you're cut and now you're like sharp, you know how to speak, you know how to enunciate and do all of these different things. And they're like, you, I haven't seen you in like six months. Like what, what did you do? And it's like, all I did, I was doing planks every morning for like three minutes. I was talking to myself in the mirror, right? I was taking these daily journals, just taking these small steps because my end goal is to be a higher version of myself and I can't just jump to that higher version of myself. Like there's, there's this thing in, in social media that I see a ton of like, I'm going to make this quantum leap, right? Have you seen this around? Yeah. People are talking so every, realm and it's, that's cool. And yeah, a quantum leap is the smallest unit of measure that we have, not the biggest. Right. And I think people like misunderstand that tremendously. So when people talk about like, I'm going to make this quantum leap, it's subtle. Like it's, it's so, it's so little. It's like maybe exchanging a word and how you talk to yourself. So instead of, oh, I feel anxious. Oh, this is a new experience. Right. Instead of being like, oh, I'm like, so like my inner critic is so loud today. It's, oh, my inner child doesn't has unmet needs. Right. It's exchanging things so that you're no longer the victim of the storyline. Right. There's, there's a quote out there that um, gets, gets shared a lot of, uh, live your life as if you're being like followed by like a documentary crew, right? And if you were really being followed by like a docu crew, you wouldn't live a life that was like in a victim stance. You wouldn't be that. You'd be the hero, right? So if you got caught up and you were two hours late to a meeting, you would just be like, oh my gosh, right? I have to claim responsibility for this, right? I'm sorry. I didn't prepare. I was super late for these things. It happens. Instead of being, well, it was the traffic or my car broke down or it was all of these different things. There's a higher level of standard you'd hold yourself to that is on you, right? Instead of the reverse of that. But you get to that stance, not by, you know, these huge leaps and jumps of like, well, I'm going to go to the gym eight days a week. And it's like, don't, don't go to the gym eight days a week. If your goal is to be healthier and more fit, and I tell a lot of people this that aren't on their fitness journey yet. I want you to start with walks daily, 10 minutes. Everybody's got 10 minutes. Just do that for the first two weeks. And if you want to do a little bit more, start with push-ups at home. 20 push-ups, 20 sit-ups, two or three rounds of planks. That's it. And just see how you feel after a month, right? It's so small that like everybody can go do that. 
And then after that, most people are like, oh, I feel infinitely better in the sun, a little push-ups, a little sit-ups, a little foundation training, right? That foundation training video on YouTube, like I've watched that a bajillion times. I don't know about you, but like those small things, right? Stack up the small wins and then start to leverage, all right, I'm ready for the gym so that you don't go into the gym with no structure and discipline or food regimen. Like I, I think it's such a disservice that we don't talk about that. I appreciate that as... I mean, I'm still stuck. On, I'm still stuck on, uh, you know, not make sure you don't blow your, your thresholds for change. Like equating too much of a percentage yeah. out. And I think we can see this like one of my practice members, uh, they returned to the gym, getting after it. They were just doing a hang, but perhaps hang for too long or the accumulation of physical, mental and emotional stresses then blew out his nervous system and then his uh, low back started to bother him. And um things so symptomatology just flared up you started to feel things in his in his in his hands once more and i know i was like yeah. okay well i need to step things back i was like there's going to be blocks uh mentally that we get to overwhelm together but you know if people quote unquote tried to change beforehand but they it dumpster fire things just blew up in their face it went absolutely horrible so that way they're you know what fuck it like I, why even bother what would be your offering for them so there's, there's this magical thing that I made up called, and I didn't make it up, somebody else did, called the skill challenge ratio, right? So in order to grow, you have to be more challenged than your current skill level, right? And mm -hmm. if you supersede that skill or supersede the challenge level by two acts, you will be in a state of break and burn instead of grow. And I think so many people do that. So one of the, one of the examples is that, um, and I, I talk about this because I just, I love my brother. My brother's in fantastic shape, right? He lifts weights. Dude is just nasty strong, right? He always had, he's always been super strong. I've always been really conditioned, right? You and I are track boys. Like we did the stuff, right? So it's just like, it's a different level of fitness. So when he came town to visit me, I do like boot camps and I do like hit training. So when he came into that class, it's 45 minutes and he's used to working out for like an hour, right? And he's like, oh, this is no big deal. But the challenge was so high because it was so new that he couldn't work out for five days afterwards because he was so sore, right? Because it was such a different challenge than what he was used to. And he didn't have that level of skill, right? And it's not to say that he didn't have skill. He's in fantastic shape. Dude shredded and cut but it was so different in a healthy way that we didn't work him up to that, right? So that's a healthy example of like, that was too much, right? But think about how you do that mentally or emotionally, right. conversation-wise, yes. right? Yes. Like the things that are subtle because you're not sore, your lack of patience shows up or your frustration shows up or your mm -hmm. inability to stay regimented on a diet or your inability to like do some of these things. Like the brain doesn't give you uh, like soreness. It doesn't give you headaches. It gives you, oh, you can't. It gives you self-doubt. It gives you criticism. It gives you sabotage. And if you don't have some type of like retroactive awareness strategy, it becomes a daily part of your behavioral life, right? So one of those things like retroactive behavior strategy sounds like, oh my gosh, what the frog? It's end of the day journaling. Like that's it. Right, end of the day conversations with friends. It's it's reflective conversations. Dr. J and I have standing conversations on Wednesdays and Mondays, right? We moved it to Mondays, right? 
So yep. what that looks like is like, yo, how was your week? Right. That's how we typically start out. Like, give me the sugar, right? Give me the lowdown. What's been going on? And you can't read the label inside the jar, right? So being able to share what's going on, what was good, what was bad, what do you want to love? What do you want to leave? That gives me the opportunity to basically sift through and find the gold, appreciate the gold, and then get rid of the dirt and the grime and the muck and the fish shit so that I can continue to cultivate that which I value. And the sifting that happens inside of that, the reason that I'm able to filter out the gold is because my filter is self-created. I surround myself with people like Dr. J, and he is my filter. He is a sacred mirror for me that says, hey, what about this? See, I see you talking about this, but like, that is hard. That sounds like self-critical. Is there an opportunity that you and I can reframe that in this moment? And he holds me to a higher standard. So that just makes the mesh in my screen even more profound. So not mm. only am I picking out gold, now I'm picking out diamonds. Now I'm picking out mm. platinum. Now I'm picking out cool little pieces and artifacts from my history where everybody else is like picking up rocks and boulders. I'm surrounding myself with people that are holding me to a higher caliber of being so that every week I'm just more and more and more. And it's not just one person. It's not just two people. It's as many people as you think give you value in your life. So I have five people right mm -hmm. in my life that do that. Dr. J is one of those people. So my screen is tight, right? So by the time it gets to like the end of the week, I'm not burnt out. I'm tired. Like I'm still pushing with momentum, still pushing with inertia because I have people that are constantly catching things that could be holding me back and inviting me to think and consider them differently. And this is the power of healthy community. This is why being in chiropractic offices, going to PT, going to yoga studios, going to the gym with people that have values that match yours in at least one way, they hold you to a higher standard unconsciously. Right. So if you start hanging out with people that are jacked and tan and healthy and hold space and you're a jack wagon, you will over time be less of a jack wagon because you're spending time and it's just osmosis that occurs. Right. They start to rub off from you in a healthy way. Oh man, it's like energetic osmosis. And yeah. that's Ooh, just I, love so I love that you reflected as you onboard more people it's as many people as you want that offer value to your life and it's not to say that things aren't bad for whatever it may be how there's no wrong or right answer but the retroactive reflection like dr caroline leaf's work with journaling with the metacognitions or metacog excuse me uh you know with conversations that we get to have it's just so so nourishing and it's so fantastic that we get to be able to appreciate tightening things up because even though we might reflect on something just talking to someone's like oh right well then there was this conversation i had or i saw this practice member or i had this drop in or i was working out and i felt this you can apply it to any of the eight domains of life but it's so so good to be able to have that tighter mesh so i think when it comes to moving through mental block my biggest takeaway with that is being able to make sure we add in the the retroactive reflection because that also ties into making sure that we can have acknowledgement, making sure we can have and extract the nuggets, extract the gold, and tie that into then the other point of making sure that we have these non-negotiables a part of our days because then we're committed, we're dedicated to making sure that we reflect, to making sure that we see the good, making sure that we see the progress times, what our people see and what our community see, which man that's it just it just allows for maximal steadiness and 
you know, as we wrap things up, one thing I want to, you know, just reflect at you is that uh, Lou yesterday, as our friend, you know, was going through a tough time, we reflected that, you know, that this too will end, that mm-hmm. and we spiral to a great conversation of like when it comes to finances, when it comes to uh, these different pressures, these different stressors, yeah, our ancestors didn't need to worry about this. Like it was more so that mammoth, that saber toothed tiger that I referenced so much. But it's just where it's not that your value is diminished if you are in a financial compression, if you're in a environment that's not nourishing. It's 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 just the cards that we've been dealt as a society, and we're experiencing the wave or the wake of malintentions from people that put out these 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 uh, these crafted these environments at this time. And it it's not your fault per se. We're all just navigating this terrain together. And that, I mean, it, it's not their fault that those things are going out there. So like one of the things that gives me a ton of comfort and has just been a benchmark has been like, I truly, I truly believe this. I think people are doing their best with the information that they have. Always. Right. Always. Always. Right. And you, you fall. And I think there's, there's, this is one of those things. I think there's two groups of people. I think there's people that truly believe that. And I think there's people that don't believe that and that they think that people are out there and they have like malice intent, right? They're doing like some level of malfeasance out there and they're unconscious of that. And I don't think that that really exists. I truly believe that people are doing their best with the information that they know and mentally, emotionally experience. And being inside of that state, when I watch people do things that don't align with my values, I no longer think, oh, that's bad. I now get to think, oh, there's a boundary. So instead of bad, it's now a boundary. And in that boundary is the highest form of love that I can give to my relationship with that person. So instead of saying and trying to criticize and argue and say, this is wrong because I just say, hey, no, thank you. It just doesn't, it's not, it doesn't align with me. And I'm not even like willing to have a conversation about it. Not because I don't think it's like not valuable, but just because I know where I hold myself in this regard and I don't feel safe inside of this conversation anyway. So instead of trying to like judge and criticize all of those different things, I'm just going to say, we're going to put a boundary up here and I'm either one, not willing to talk with you about it two, not willing to like speak about it in this regard, or you're just cut out of my life. And that's the highest form of love that you can give that person. And learning that has been painful, like just Mm. hurts because you want to people, please. You want to understand, like, tell me, right? Like explain this to me, but they won't. And they're doing the best with what they have. But in order for you to be the mirror that you are, you have to be able to stand steadfast in that. Right. So if the mirror is constantly moving, they're not going to get a clear image versus the boundary. They don't get the mirror, they get the wall. Right. So now that what they're forced to do is to get the reflection of that. And that's a totally different game that they get to experience because they're no longer getting information from you. Right. All they're getting is the silence of that. And that boundary is like, it's deafening. Necessary. It is. That silence is deafening. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I just love the offer of boundaries and the invitation as if something is honoring, you know, you can't check it as it's based upon agreements. And then if it's just blatantly ignored, well, then that's where we can be able to have other conversations, be able to kind of just check that wall of like, yeah, I can't, I can't do this anymore as it's not sustainable. And I just think so many, like, it's, it's definitely an art to boundaries. Like I know uh, Dr. Kate Jones has taught on it. I know we've talked about it. 
And it's come up in so many different ways. But if you're not protecting your non-negotiables, if you're not protecting what's most important to you, then it's just predisposing you to frustration, to burnout, to a lack of choice. To, it's just not setting yourself up for a parasympathetic neurology. And at the end of the day, as a provider, if you're going to be in a sympathetic state majority of the day, majority of your, your shift, well, then it is very, very important. It's high priority from a sustainability sense to make sure that you're protecting yourself. And if you're just a human, just protecting yourself, because if you're not protecting yourself at work, then there's just the overall state of the world that you gotta be able to navigate through as well, which is why I said earlier, everyone's feeling it right now. So bare minimum, you really do have to protect your peace because the default isn't peace in this environment, unfortunately. No, no. And it's not to say that those two things don't exist. So I think peace, and conflict exist on a spectrum, right? I don't think that they exist in separate dishes. So there's, there's certain models of reality to understand that if you can understand that these things are on a spectrum and your only goal is to move closer to the spectrum that feels right for you, it's a game changer, right? That it's just, I'm walking a path, right? Instead of all of these things. And one of the things that I just got to give you a shout out, because I think it'll be out by the time this podcast comes out is Dr. J has a workshop for high impact, first responders, nurses, doctors, people that are struggling out there with compassion, fatigue, burnout, boundaries, so that they can learn some of these internal tools to make sure that their cup is always filled out so that it doesn't have leaks, so that it doesn't have a lot of these different things that so many of us like silently suffer through. Because those mm. are the things that kind of scare me. It's the silent suffering that people don't talk about. Right. And then it suddenly pops up as like, oh, it's this, oh, it's that. And the compounding effect of that 10 years down the line, that's the stuff that's like scary. So understanding that in a different regard, um, as you've explained and outlined, like people need to go listen to that, watch it wherever it's at, go, go take a listen to it, especially burnt out entrepreneurs and first responders. Oh man, I appreciate you, brother, man. I, I trust that, you know, people are going to be able to extract uh, something from this as it feels good to keep this this gap at this point and my challenge my my challenge and my invitation for everyone listening my challenge is to craft your fun house of mirrors and who can you lean into who can you rely on who can you connect to and who creates your filter as nothing changes if nothing changes so we need to change your environment and we need to change your perception in order to shift your life so that's my invitation, or that's my challenge for you. My invitation is anyone that listens to this, come to provide for the provider. Say you listen to Soul Coffee, I dare you. I'm happy with Comp Ticket as it's an extension of me to say thank you as I'm appreciative. The link to register will be in the show notes here, of course. But then also uh, I will do a reflection or a debrief, quote unquote, at the Starbucks on, what was it? That's on Swan and Glenn, especially for any of my TMC, any of my banner folk that are here in Tucson. But, you know, I really want to meet the community. I did this once earlier, which is lovely uh, to be able to even just initiate that um, as I wanted to be able to be there more often or be able to do more meetups, but just things didn't allow for. So I'm going to be connecting uh, in the morning, we'll say uh, 10 a.m. at that Starbucks, just be able to debrief, connect anyone that wants to meet. So um, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening. Uh, Dr. Chris, how can people reach out to you if they would like to say what's up? The best way to reach out to me is to go jam out with Dr. J, go to providing for the provider. Um, cause like, that's, that's, that's what the people need. So like, that's definitely like 
option number one that I recommend everybody go to. And then option number two, if you want to jam with me, all my stuff's at Dr. Grizzly, D-R-C-H-R-I-S-L-E-E, everything. Handles, websites, all the things. But the biggest thing that you should be doing is going to provide for the provider. Man, what a homie, what a homie. Y'all need a Dr. Grizzly in your life. And if you don't have one, well, you can't have mine. Just kidding. <laughs> well, brother, I love you. I appreciate you. You're the best. Uh, share this episode if it resonated with y'all people. And thank you all so much for tuning in. Until next time. Peace. See everyone.